ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد ان شاء الله we're now going to do a new book for the next few weeks. And this new book that we're going to study, it is the book that is going to discuss the conditions of La ilaha illallah. The shahada, an explanation of the shahada and the conditions that are required for a person to be practicing and to understand regarding the shahada regarding the meaning of la ilaha illallah so this book it explains those conditions because as we've said before la ilaha illallah isn't just something you say and you don't know what it means and you don't act upon it that is incorrect what is required of a person is that he understands the meaning of la ilaha illallah he understands the conditions of la ilaha illallah and so when he says that he understands it and he practices it it is not correct and it is not suitable for a person to simply say it and he has no understanding of it and he does not practice it what is required is understanding and practice along with saying it three things as the scholars mention saying the shahada understanding the shahada and practicing what the shahada means so the conditions of la ilaha illallah we'll begin with the first one today the first condition of la ilaha illallah ash-shartul awwal qala rahimahullahu ta'ala shurutu la ilaha illallah the conditions of la ilaha illallah qawluhu shurut jam'u shart wa shart fi al-lughah al-alama wa yujma' ala shurut wa ashrat wa al-muraduha huna ma yatahattamu ala al-mukallaf ma'rifatu wa al-amalu bih hatta yakunu muwahidan zahiran wa Firstly, an understanding of what conditions means. When we say these are the conditions of La ilaha illallah, then what does that mean? What does a condition mean? Here, as Sheikh Ubaid, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, mentions that linguistically speaking, a condition is a sign. And in Arabic, shart is the word for condition and the plural is ashrat or shurut. And the meaning of that here is those particular things that are obligatory upon everybody to understand and know and to act upon so that you can be a person of tawheed inwardly and outwardly. The various things that you must know about the shahada 
so that you can be upon understanding of it properly and act upon it properly and therefore be a person of Tawheed inwardly and outwardly. These are the conditions and what is meant here. The things which are obligatory for you to know about the Shahada, obligatory for every Muslim to know and to practice regarding the Shahada. Otherwise, in Usul al-Fiqh, when they talk about a condition, a shart, then what's the definition they give of it? مَا يَلْزَمُ مِنْ عَدَمِهِ الْعَدَمُ وَلَا يَلْزَمْ مِنْ وُجُودِهِ الْوُجُودِ That a condition is something, and this is just an additional point, a condition in Usul al-Fiqh, they say it is something if it is missing, then the item is also missing. Meaning, for example, if the time of the prayer, one of the conditions of the prayer is the time. You have to pray every prayer in the right time. So right now, the time for Maghrib has not come. The condition for Maghrib prayer is that Maghrib time has to start, which is after sunset. So now the condition is missing. Maghrib time has not started. The sun has not set. That means the Maghrib prayer is missing. Right now there's no Maghrib prayer. You can't pray Maghrib prayer right now. Because the condition for the Maghrib prayer is missing. The time hasn't come yet. Therefore the actual Maghrib prayer is missing currently. You can't pray it currently. So a condition is something, if it is missing, then the associated item with it is also missing. But if it is present, it does not necessitate that the associated item will be present. Meaning after sunset, after sunset, the Maghrib time has begun. But what if somebody doesn't pray for another 20 minutes after sunset? He prays his Maghrib prayer for 20 minutes or half an hour after sunset. It's still okay. Isha time hasn't started yet, so the Maghrib prayer is okay. But the first half an hour, was he praying the Maghrib prayer? He wasn't. He was doing something else for half an hour. So even though the condition was there for that first half an hour, the actual Maghrib prayer wasn't there. He didn't pray up until half an hour later. So just because the condition is there doesn't mean that the associated item has to be there at all times. Otherwise, if it did have to be there at all times, you would have to pray Maghrib prayer very long all the way up until Isha. So that's what they say in Usul al-Fiqh, but that's just a side point. Here the condition is those things that are vital for a person to understand regarding the shahada. So what are these things, what are these conditions that are vital for a person to understand? The first one is, the first condition. Ash-shartul awwal. Al-ilm bima'anaha nafyan wa ithbata. Knowledge. Knowledge regarding La ilaha illallah in terms of the affirmation and the negation. 
This is the first point that the Sheikh brings here that the person must understand the Shahada is built upon affirmation and negation. To have knowledge regarding this affirmation and negation. So what does that mean? What is this knowledge of the affirmation and the negation that is being spoken of here? The scholars, they mention that the shahada is made up of affirmation and negation. So when you say, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha, there is no deity worthy of worship in truth. Illallah, except Allah. So the first part is what? Negation. You're negating that any deity has the right to be worshipped in truth. But you're affirming illallah except Allah. There's the affirmation. When you put the two together, that's how Tawheed comes about. Negation and affirmation and nafi wal ithbat. They come together to bring Tawheed. The example that Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen gave was that example about the people in the room. If you have, for example, four people in a room, in a locked room, blocked room, you can't see them. Four people, for example, Umar, Muhammad, Khalid, Ali. I say to you that from these four people, Umar, Khalid, Ali, Muhammad, Ali is standing up. So how many people are standing up in the room then? One. Which one? Ali, what about Muhammad, Khalid, uh, Umar? What are they doing? Sitting down. Who told you they're sitting down? Did I say they were sitting down? So you made it up. What are the other three doing? Are they sitting or are they standing? We don't know. Because all I told you was there are four people in the room. Ali, the one called Ali is standing up. What did I tell you about the other three? Nothing. So could it be they are standing up too? Could be. Maybe all four of them are standing up. I didn't tell you anything about the other three. Maybe two of the other three are standing up. Maybe one of the other three is standing up. So I didn't tell you what the others are doing. I only gave you an affirmation. I affirmed that Ali is standing up. But I didn't give you negation that the other three are not standing up. If I want to make Ali the only person standing up, if I want to do Tawheed, then I have to give you affirmation and negation. So I have to say to you, the four people in the room, Ali is standing up and no one else is standing up. So now if I ask you how many are standing up in the room, you can say definitely one, because I gave you affirmation Ali is standing up and I gave you negation about the other three. So now you know the other three are not standing up. That's how you make Tawheed. If I only give you affirmation, there's no Tawheed. There's no uniqueness. There's no oneness. Ali is standing up, okay. But the other three, maybe they are standing up too. So there is no Tawheed. If I give you negation only, and I say to you, no one is standing up. Where is the Tawheed? I've negated everyone. 
So to make Tawheed, to single out one, you have to affirm it and negate it from everybody else. So what does the Shahada say? La ilaha illallah. There is no one worthy of worship in truth. That is negation. Illallah except Allah. Affirmation. It's like if I say to you, no one is standing up in the room except Ali. Now you know only Ali is standing up. I affirmed it for him, negated it from everybody else. That's how Tawheed works and that's how the Shahada works. It is built upon having affirmation and negation. It is not enough for a person to only do affirmation. Because a person may come along and he says to you, he believes Allah has the right to be worshipped. Is that person a person of Tawheed? Just by saying that alone isn't enough. He might come along and say to you, he believes Allah has the right to be worshipped. But he has not negated that anyone else has the right to be worshipped or not. So he could say to you, oh by the way, I also believe that the idols have the right to be worshipped too. Because he didn't negate anything else. He just said Allah has the right to be worshipped. Even the mushrikeen used to say that. Even the mushrikeen used to believe in the rububiyah of Allah. But they did not negate it from others. So it's not enough for a person to just affirm. You must negate as well. And that is with all of the affairs. With the affairs of the religion too. When enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, it is not enough to just enjoin the good. It is not enough to just tell the people this is the right way and this is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. You must also rebuke the evil too. You must rebuke and reject and refute that which opposes enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. And here we have you must affirm and you must negate. So the first thing that the Shaykh mentions regarding the conditions of La ilaha illallah is that you have an understanding of this issue that the Shahada is built upon affirmation and negation. The evidences of that from the Quran. The statement of Allah, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. So Allah tells us to know this, to have knowledge of this. To have knowledge that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. And that is affirmation negation, the shahada. So we've been told you must have knowledge of this shahada. Also, إِلَّا مَنْ شَهِدَ بِالْحَقِّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Except for those who testify upon truth and they have knowledge, i.e. they have knowledge of لا إله إلا الله. They have knowledge of that in their hearts and they say it upon their tongues. And also in the hadith of Uthman radiyallahu anhu. Who was Uthman radiyallahu anhu? The third Khalifa, Uthman ibn Affan, radiyallahu anhu, the third Khalifa. Who was the first Khalifa? Abu Bakr, as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu. 
he became the first Khalifa after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How long was he Khalifa for? Two years. Then who became Khalifa? Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu. How long was he Khalifa for? Ten years. Then who became the Khalifa after that? Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu. How long was he the Khalifa? Just short of twelve years. Twelve years. Then who was the Khalifa after that? Ali ibn Abi Talib. And how long was he the Khalifa? Five years, just over five years, and that takes it up to what year? Forty Hijri. So here we have Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu qal. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, من مات وهو يعلم أنه لا إله إلا الله دخل الجنة Whomsoever dies and he has knowledge that there is no deity worthy of worship and truth except Allah has knowledge of the shahada has knowledge of this affirmation and negation understands it and practices it then he will enter paradise الشيخ عبيد Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentions in the explanation of this. يَتَضَمَّنُوا شَطْرُهَا الْأَوَّلِ نَفِيُ الْعِبَادَةِ عَمَّا سِوَى اللَّهِ The first half of the shahada, La ilaha, there is no deity worthy of worship and truth, has within it a negation of anything which is worshipped besides Allah. A negation of all of those things and deities that are worshipped besides Allah. كَمَا يَتَضَمَّنُ شَطْرُهَا الثَّانِي إِثْبَاتُهَا لَهُ And the second half of the shahada has the affirmation that the worship is for Allah alone. فَكَمَا أَنَّ الْحَقِّ جَلَّ عَلَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ فِي مُلْكِهِ وَخَلْقِهِ وَتَدْبِيرِهِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ فِي عِبَادَتِهِ So just like uh, So just like Regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has no partner in his kingdom or dominion And he has no partner in his creation and he has no partner in his control of the universe. فَإِنَّهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ فِي عِبَادَتِهِ Then there is no partner for Allah in his worship. There is no partner to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship. So there is no partner to Allah in rububiyyah. And there is no partner to Allah in uluhiyyah. Allah is the sole creator, sustainer, provider. The sole one who gives the life and the death and controls the universe. And similarly, in worship, all of our actions must be solely, only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. هَذَا مَا بَعَثَ اللَّهُ بِهِ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ وَاتَّفَقَدْ عَلَيْهِ دَعْوَتُهُمْ This is the message that Allah sent all of the prophets and messengers with. The message that all of the prophets and messengers were agreed upon in their da'wah. 
Allah said, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَعْبُدُونَ That we did not send a messenger before you except that we revealed to him that we told them, all of the prophets and messengers, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except I, except Allah. So worship me. And Nuh alayhi salam, and Hud and Salih alayhi salam, it is mentioned in the Quran, they said to their people, Ya qawmi ibudu, Ya qawmi ibudu Allah ma lakum min ilahin ghayru. Oh people, worship Allah. You do not have any other deity to worship besides him. All of the prophets and messengers used to say this to their people. Oh people, worship Allah alone. You do not have any other deity to worship besides him. وَقَالَ تَعَالَ مُخْبِرًا عَنِ اتِّفَاقِ دَعْوَةِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ And Allah said regarding the consensus of all of the da'wah of the prophets and the messengers that they were all sent upon one reason. وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِ اعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ that we sent to every nation a messenger preaching, worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities. If you look at these ayat so far, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِن قَبْلِكَ مِن رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ That we did not send to any, or we did not send any messenger before, except that we revealed to him, that there is no deity worthy of worship except I, so worship me. In that ayah is affirmation and negation. Affirmation and negation. In the second ayah, Ya qawmi ibudullah, ma lakum min ilahin ghayru. O people, worship Allah. You do not have any other deity to worship besides him. In that ayah is, Al-Nafi al-Ithbat, you have the affirmation and negation. وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبَ الطَّاغُوتِ We sent to every nation a messenger preaching Worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities Affirmation and negation Worship Allah alone, affirmation Stay away from the false deities, negation So all of these ayat that are talking about Tawheed And are talking about the meaning of the Shahada They are all upon affirmation and negation then we have the statement of Ibrahim alayhi salam, the second best prophet and messenger after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ إِنَّنِي بَرَاءٌ مِّمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي فَإِنَّهُ سَيَهْدِينَ Ibrahim alayhi salam said to his father and his people, said to his father and to his people, Indeed, I am free. I am innocent of what you worship. Except for the one who created me, he will guide me. So Ibrahim declared his innocence, freed himself from the worship of those idols and the stars and the moon and all of the things that people used to worship at the time of Ibrahim He freed himself from all of that. إِنَّنِي بَرَاءٌ مِّمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ I am innocent and free of that which you worship. إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي Except for the one who created me. 
That is affirmation. So he did the negation first. I am free from all of those things that you worship. And then he did the affirmation, except for Allah, the one who created me, I worship him. Similarly, وَقَالَ تَعَالَى فِيمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ نَبِيَّهُ مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وسلم أَنْ يُبَلِّغُهُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ The Prophet وسلم, was commanded to, uh, to disseminate and to pass on and to teach to the Ummah that Allah has said, Allah has decreed, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ Allah has decreed, commanded, that you do not worship except Him. You do not worship negation, except Him, affirmation. So again, the negation and the affirmation is there. In another ayah, Allah said, وَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk with Him. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk with Him. Worship Allah affirmation, do not commit any shirk with Him negation. فَهَذِهِ الْآيَاتِ وَمَا فِي مَعْنَاهَا مِنَ الْكِتَابِ الْكَرِيمِ صَرِيحَةٌ أو صريحة الدلالة على أن الأنبياء والمرسلين جميعا دعوا أو دعوا قومهم إلى تحقيق معنى لا إله إلا الله أنه لا معبود بحق إلا الله This therefore shows us an important thing It shows us that all of the prophets and messengers had the one same exact message. All of them came with that message of Tawheed. All of them came calling their people to the worship of Allah, affirmation, and to the negation of worship to those besides Allah, negation. Affirmation and negation, the Shahada, the Tawheed, every single prophet and messenger came with that message. So when Allah says, فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مُتَقَلَّبَكُمْ وَمَثْوَاكُمْ Know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except He, and seek forgiveness for your sins. This ayah indicates that knowledge comes before statements and actions. Knowledge of Allah, have knowledge of the shahada and then seek forgiveness. Then do the action of seeking forgiveness. Al-ilmu qabla al-qawli wal-amal. Al-Imam Ibn Sa'di, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he said, Al-ilmu la budda fihi min iqrari al-qalbi wa ma'rifatihi bima'na ma tuliba minhu ilmu. That knowledge means you must have acknowledgement of the heart and knowledge and understanding of what has been requested of you. You must have knowledge and understanding of what has been requested from you to have understanding of. And that a person must then act upon what he now knows, he understands the meaning of the shahada, he must act upon that then. 
أمر الله به وهو العلم بتوحيد الله فرض عين على كل إنسان and this tawheed which Allah has commanded us with and has been commanded upon every Muslim is an obligation for every Muslim every single Muslim must be upon tawheed لا يسقط عن أحد it is not dropped from anyone. Every single person has this obligation upon them to be upon Tawheed. Kainaman kan, whomsoever he may be. Rather, everyone is compelled upon that. You must do that. You have no choice. You must be upon Tawheed. And how do you then understand what this definition of the shahada is? How do you then understand properly this affirmation and negation? How do you understand the details of tawheed? There are different ways. Here is a list of some of those ways. The first, tadabbur asma'ihi wa sifatihi wa ala kamali wa wa jalali فإنها توجب بذل الجهد في التأله له والتعبد للرب الكامل الذي له كل حمد ومجد وجلال وجمال Firstly, to focus on and to ponder over the names and attributes of Allah When a person ponders over and focuses on the names and attributes of Allah and the actions of Allah, all of those will show the person the perfection of Allah, and the greatness of Allah, and the might and majesty of Allah, all of that which will make you firmer upon your worship to Allah, firmer upon the perfection of your tawheed to Allah, and greater in your praise for Allah, and recognizing the might and majesty of Allah. So the more a person learns about the names and attributes of Allah, the more a person understands the names and attributes of Allah, and the actions of Allah, then the more a person has an understanding of his creator, and the more you begin to understand the meaning of La ilaha illallah, the more you understand why the worship is singled out to Allah alone, and why it is not possible for anyone besides Allah. So the first way is to learn the names and attributes of Allah and to study that and to ponder over that and focus over it because that will give you the understanding of your Creator, of your Lord and that increases your understanding of the Shahada and Tawheed to Allah. Secondly, العلم بأنه تعالى المنفرد بالخلق والتدبير To have knowledge and be aware that Allah is that Allah is singled out with creation and with controlling and running the affairs. It is Allah alone who is singled out with having created all of this creation. No one else participated in that. No one else aided Allah in doing that. All of that creation was from Allah alone. And At-Tadbir, that Allah is the one who arranges the affairs and controls the affairs 
and everything which occurs is by the will of Allah to understand that and that nobody else has a part to play in that فَيُعْلَمُ بِذَلِكَ أَنَّهُ الْمُنْفَرِدُ بِالْأُلُوهِيَةِ And therefore you will understand that Allah is to be singled out and unique with worship to Him alone. Thirdly, الْعِلْمُ بِأَنَّهُ الْمُنْفَرِدُ بِالنِّعْمِ الظَّاهِرَ وَالْبَاطِنَ الدِّينِيَّ وَالدُّنْيَوِيَّ فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ يُوجِبُ تَعَلُّقَ الْقَلْبِ بِهِ وَمَحَبَّتِهِ وَالتَّأَلُّهِ لَهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ Thirdly, to have knowledge that Allah is the only one who provides you with all of these blessings. All of the blessings that you have, the apparent and the hidden, the outward, the inward, in your religious affairs, in your worldly affairs, all of those blessings are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. When a person recognizes that, then his heart will be attached to Allah. His heart and his love for Allah will be such that it causes him to want to worship Allah more and causes him to worship Allah more upon Tawheed. So having an understanding that all of these great blessings are from Allah alone, then that aids a person in his worship to Allah upon Uluhiyah to Allah, singling out Allah in Tawheed. In making all of your worship and obedience to him, knowing that he is the one alone who gives you all of these worship blessings. He is the one alone who gives you all of the blessings. Therefore, you single out your worship to him. So this fourth point is another way to increase the person's iman and understanding of the shahada is to look at the great reward Allah has given to those people of Tawheed. Even looking at the examples of the great imams and the great scholars and how Allah aided them and how Allah saved them and how Allah gave them that ease in the end, then that all shows you the end reward of the people of Tawheed. And also when you see the punishments Allah placed upon the people who went against Tawheed, all of those nations that were destroyed because of their refusal of accepting Tawheed, then that shows you again the importance of having an understanding of the Shahada and practicing it lest you be from those who are in that punishment also. Al-Khamis, Ma'arifatu awsafi al-awthani wal-andad, allati ubidat ma'allah wa attukhidat aliha, wa annaha naqisa min jami' al-wujuh, faqeera bil-dhat. Having an understanding of these idols that are worshipped besides Allah. Do these idols speak? They do not. Do they hear? They do not. Do they have any ability to speak? They do not. So when you notice these weaknesses and these deficiencies in these idols that other people worship besides Allah, that realizes you or causes you to realize and recognize that it is only Allah who is deserving of the worship. It is only Allah who is deserving because all of these other deities of theirs can neither hear, nor see, nor speak, nor eat, nor nothing. They do nothing. Or eating is not the perfection, but the speaking and the hearing and the talking these types of affairs, they are unable to do it at all. Hence, this indicates to you only Allah is the one deserving of the worship. 
السادس the sixth point اتفاق كتب الله على ذلك وتواطئها عليه all of the previous revelations have spoken about this affair the Zabur, the Torah, the Injil and the Quran of course all of them they speak about the Tawheed of Allah and worshipping Allah alone then of course the previous books they were distorted and they were changed but the meaning of all of them originally was the Tawheed of Allah the seventh the most knowledgeable and the most sound of people in intellect, they have testified to Allah for Tawheed. They have testified to Allah that He is the one deserving of that worship. The most sound of people in their minds and their intellects, the scholars and the people of knowledge, they have all testified to this. So this again indicates to you that certainly it is to Allah the worship. Athamin the eighth way. Ma aqamahu Allahu min al-adillat al-ufuqiya wa nafsiya, allati tadlu ala tawheed a'zam dalala wa tunadi alihi bilisan haliha. بما أودعها من لطف صنعته وبديع حكمته وغرائب خلقه فهذه الطرق التي فهذه الطرق التي أكثر الله من دعوة الخلق بها إلى أنه لا إله إلا الله. The eighth way is to look at the physical creation around you and to see what Allah has made of this creation and this world and when you see that and you see the mountains and the rivers and all of the affairs. Then all of that indicates to you the oneness of Allah, the Creator. These things did not create themselves. The humans did not create them. The trees, the sun, the moon, the mountains. This all indicates to you the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore indicates to you more the meaning of la ilaha illallah. That certainly Allah is the only one deserving of that worship. Then, after that, the Shaykh also goes on to mention that it is an obligation to have knowledge of the meaning of La ilaha illallah. Wujubul ilmi bima'ana la ilaha illallah nafyan wa ithbatan. You must have knowledge of the shahada and this affirmation and this negation and what that means. And Al Imam Ahmad said, Man mata min ahli al qibla muwahidan yusalla alayhi wa yustaghfar lah. وَلَا يُحْجَبْ عَنْهُ الْإِسْتَغْفَارِ وَلَا تُتْرَكِ الصَّلَاءِ عَلَيْهِ لِذَنْبٍ أَذْنَبَةِ صَغِيرًا كَانَ أَوْ كَبِيرًا أَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Imam Ahmed said that whomsoever dies from the people of the Qibla as a person of Tawheed, a Muslim, a believer, then the janazah is prayed upon him and uh, istighfar, seeking forgiveness for him is done and he is not blocked from the istighfar. You do not stop making the seeking of forgiveness for him and you do not abandon the prayer upon him due to a sin that he may have committed, minor or major, small or big. Rather, his affair is with Allah if he committed sins, but if he died as a Muslim, then you pray that janazah upon him. And this is what the uh, uh, scholars of Ahl Sunnah or Ahl Sunnah as a whole are united upon that the 
uh, uh, janaza is prayed upon that person who dies as a Muslim, even if he committed sins, that affair will be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then after that, the ayah, إِلَّا مَنْ شَهِدَ بِالْحَقِّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Except for those who testify upon knowledge and truth, and they are upon true uh, knowledge, uh, uh, truth, and they have knowledge of that. Here, the point of this is: a nataqa bilisanihi muqirran biqalbihi amilan bima shahida bihi. A person says the shahada upon his tongue, having acknowledged the meaning of that in his heart, and he practices it. What is required of it, meaning that he is upon Tawheed and he abandons shirk. That is what is required of a person. That a person who, pract- who understands the shahada, he practices it by worshipping Allah upon Tawheed and abandoning all forms of shirk. Then there was the hadith also that whomsoever dies knowing la ilaha illallah, then he will enter paradise. Uh, this indicates... Uh, that a person who dies upon Tawheed will certainly enter paradise. A person who dies upon Tawheed will certainly enter paradise. Even if he had committed other minor sins or even major sins, he may be punished in the fire first, it's possible. But then in the end, a person of Tawheed who did not do any shirk, then he will certainly in the end be placed into Paradise, all of the people of Tawheed will eventually be in paradise even if some of them are first punished due to other sins they may have committed. Minor sins, major sins, maybe somebody of Tawheed may fall into some sins. So they may be punished for that first, maybe. Maybe Allah forgives them and enters them into paradise. But maybe some of them may be punished first. But if they are, in the end they will be taken out and put into paradise. Because that is the great virtue of Tawheed. A person who dies upon Tawheed, it is forbidden for that person to stay in hellfire forever. Maybe he might go for a temporary time, but then after that, once he's cleansed of the sins that he did, because he was a person of Tawheed, then he will enter into paradise. And this is from the greatest of the virtues of La ilaha illallah. Uh, and that's why uh, Jabir, one of the companions, narrated that the Prophet said, مَنْ لَقِيَ اللَّهَ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْءَ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Whomsoever meets Allah not committing any shirk, he will enter paradise. وَمَنْ لَقِيَهُ يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْءَ دَخَلَ النَّارِ And whomsoever meets Allah having committed shirk, died upon that shirk without forgiveness or repentance, then he will enter the hellfire. So this indicates that there is a promise for the people of Tawheed to enter paradise. And it also indicates that a person who is a person of Tawheed, if he commits other sins, that doesn't mean he will be in hellfire forever. Major sins even. He may be punished for a while, but then a person of Tawheed in the end will certainly enter paradise. Uh, and hence the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ صَلَّى صَلَاتَنَا وَاسْتَقْبَلَ قِبْلَتَنَا وَأَكَلَ ذَبِحَتَنَا فَذَلِكَ الْمُسْلِمُ الَّذِي لَهُ ذِمَّةُ اللَّهِ وَذِمَّةُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ فَلَا تَخْفَرُوا فَلَا تَخْفَرُوا اللَّهَ فِي ذِمَّتِهِ The Prophet ﷺ mentioned regarding the covenant that a believer has and that is the one who prays as we pray and faces the qibla as we do and eats the halal as we do then this is the one who is the Muslim that has that that covenant from Allah and the Messenger so do not betray that or, or perforate that 
So this indicates that a believer who is upon Tawheed, a believer who is practicing, a believer uh, uh, who is upon the worship of Allah and singling out Allah, then that is the first and primary meaning of the Shahada. So that is the first condition of the Shahada. Knowledge that it means worship to Allah alone, negation of worship to anyone else besides Allah. That is the primary focus. So all of these people who say they believe in the Shahada, but then they go and prostrate and do sajda at the graves, then they have not negated worship to others besides Allah. The purpose here, the first condition is to understand Shahada means worship to Allah alone and negation of any type of worship to others besides Allah. Affirmation and negation. So that is the first condition. Uh, and next time we'll carry on with the second condition, which is to have certainty. Yaqeen. Do not be somebody who's doubtful. You don't know whether Tawheed is correct, whether Allah is to be worshipped. You have to be upon certainty, absolutely in your mind, 100%, that this is the truth and this is the Yaqeen upon this Tawheed. So that is what we'll begin with in the next session, inshaAllah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that today.